Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his sermon on the book of Matthew with this sermon entitled, The Discipline of Fasting, preached on August 3rd, 1997. This morning, I would like to speak concerning the discipline of fasting. And so, let me read my text as found in Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 6 beginning with verse 16 when you fast do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting I tell you the truth they have received their reward in full but when you fast Put oil on your head. Wash your face. So that it will not be obvious to men. That you are fasting. But only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret. Will reward you. The discipline of fasting. Since when have you heard a sermon on fasting? We eat too much and we waste maybe 25% of food every day. And as a result, we are flabby and weak. We are unable to say no and make it stick. We do not like self-control so this morning I want to speak to you about fasting the righteousness of the disciples of Jesus exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees as we read in Matthew 5 and verse 20 they do their acts of righteousness that is the Pharisees, they do their acts of righteousness for one purpose only, to be seen by men. But we are to do righteousness, to be seen by God only, and be rewarded by him. And in Matthew 6, we read of three acts of righteousness. First, Alms giving to the poor. We must understand that we have a relationship with society. If we call ourselves lovers of God, then we must evidence it by loving our fellow men. And therefore, we must engage in helping the poor. It is our Christian duty. To help the poor. Second. Prayer to God. Is an act of righteousness. We not only make contact. With people. But we also make contact. With our heavenly father. We are in contact with him. Through vital regular prayer. Third act of righteousness that Jesus deals with is fasting through this we deal with ourselves 
we engage in personal discipline for spiritual purpose. Listen to what Calvin says in his Institutes. Again, if either pestilence or famine or war begins to rage, or if any disaster seems to threaten any district and people, then also it is the duty of the pastors to urge the church to fasting in order that by supplication the Lord's wrath may be averted. What is fasting? It is abstinence from food for some spiritual purpose. It may even be defined as abstinence from anything that is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some spiritual purpose. Listen to what Calvin says again. Holy and lawful fasting has three objectives. We use it either to weaken and subdue the flesh that it may not act wantonly or that we may be better prepared for prayers and holy meditations or that it may be a testimony of our self-abasement before God when we wish to confess our guilt before him. Yes, we must learn to fast. Fasting from sleep is a good idea because the Bible speaks about watchings. Jesus spoke about watchings in Matthew 26 and verse 41. St. Paul speaks about watchings in 2 Corinthians 6, which means staying awake in prayer. Watchings is going without sleep in order to pray. Sleep is good and legitimate, yet certain times as we are led by the Holy Spirit in order to give ourselves to prayer, we fast from sleep. We go without sleep. Remember, Jesus prayed all night, we are told. Sex is legitimate. But if you read 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 5, there we read fasting from sex is proper as a couple desire to spend some time in prayer. Sex is good and legitimate in marriage, yet for the sake of prayer, a couple goes without sex by mutual consent for a period of time. Fasting also from sustenance. Food and drinks are good and legitimate. Yet at times we go without eating or drinking or both for spiritual purposes. Fasting, I want you to know, is Christian. Fasting is biblical. In the Old Testament, all were required to afflict their souls 
on the day of atonement. And you read in Leviticus 16. In Acts 27, this affliction of soul is called a fast. They were to afflict their souls by fasting on the 10th day of the 7th month. During the time of Jesus, the Jews fasted more often. Some Pharisees fasted twice a week. You remember the Pharisee praying to himself and saying he fasted twice a week. Luke 18 and verse 12. Oh yes, they fasted Monday and Thursday. They refrained from eating, drinking, bathing, anointing their heads with oil. They refrained from sex and did not put on sandals. They put on ashes and wore rough clothing. They looked gloomy and miserable. Monday and Thursday were market days. Therefore they will go to the market. They went to the marketplace so people can see how pious and righteous they were. They fasted to be seen by people. To be praised by people. John the Baptist and his disciples fasted also. In the Old Testament, people also fasted on various other occasions other than the Day of Atonement. They fasted and prayed on occasions of war and serious disasters like a lack of rain or plague and so on. And we read in the Bible that people fasted, for instance, on the occasion of a serious tragedy. You read the book of Judges and chapter 20. There was a civil war. There was a war against the tribe of Benjamin. And the Benjamin fought against the rest of the tribes and 40,000 people were killed. This was a great tragedy. And so they fasted and prayed. And we read in 1 Samuel 31 that certain people fasted because of the tragedy of the death of Saul and his children. You see Nehemiah fasting. When he heard of the deplorable condition of Jerusalem and the people of God in Jerusalem. He heard of the disgrace of God's people. And we read in Second Chronicles 20. When there came a large army to fight against Jehoshaphat, he called for a fast. They fasted and prayed and God provided deliverance. In the book of Joel, there was a locust plague. And Joel is calling people to fast and to pray. We read about David. He is fasting because his son was sick. And he thought that God would change his mind and would spare the child. But of course, the child died. But you notice, when that sickness came, he fasted and prayed. And it is proper to do so when sickness comes. 
You read Acts chapter 13 and 14. They prayed for guidance. The apostles. Jesus himself fasted 40 days. In preparation for ministry. So then fasting is proper. In all these various occasions. Jesus did not condemn fasting. But he condemns fasting that is hypocritical. Done only to be seen by men. He condemns such fasting. As he condemned also prayer. And alms giving practiced by Pharisees. To be seen by men. Notice Jesus said when you fast. Not if you fast. As he said when you pray. Not if you pray. Jesus in other words anticipates. That his disciples will fast. As he anticipated his disciples also to pray. Not only that Jesus prophesied. That his disciples will fast. Turn with me to chapter 9 of the book of Matthew. Verse 14 and 15. Then John's disciples came and asked him. How is it that we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And here is the answer given by Jesus. How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Then they will fast. Jesus is speaking about the period between his ascension and his second coming. Jesus is speaking about now. We as a church should individually and corporately fast now when the bridegroom is away from us. So fasting is Christian. Fasting is scriptural. An early Christian document of the second century by name Didache speaks of Christians fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays. Fasting is Christian. Fasting is biblical. And fasting is voluntary. That is, as we are led by the Spirit of the living God. Fasting ought not to be mechanical and pharisaical. Fasting is not An end in itself, it's a means to an end which is spiritual purpose. Fasting is not to be seen and applauded by men. It is only to be seen by God. So Jesus instructs us that when we fast, we ought not to appear sad and gloomy. No more sackcloth. No more ashes. No more disfiguring of our faces. No more ostentation and playing up to the gallery. No more hypocrisy. So Jesus says his disciples should fast differently. They should anoint their heads 
with oil. They should wash their faces. That is, Christians, when they are guided by the Holy Spirit to fast, they must do so differently from the Pharisees. They must appear normal. They should not in any way call attention to themselves. Let God alone see it and reward us and he will. Let me say again, fasting is not meritorious. There are religious groups who look upon fasting as a meritorious act. No, salvation is by grace and not by works. Christians do not force God to act favorably to us by our fasting. You do not put pressure on God to act because we fast. Fasting changes us. Fasting does not change God. Remember David fasted and prayed when his son was dying. He fasted and prayed that his son might live. But it was God's will that his son die. And he died. But he himself was changed. So fasting does not change God's unchanging purposes. Now if we are going to fast. Such Christian fasting must be accompanied by certain spiritual activities. And the first activity is a lot of Bible reading. Let's get into the Bible and see what the Bible says. And it will say something about you, something about God, something about sin, something about salvation. So there should be a commitment to study the Bible, to read the Bible. Second, fasting should be accompanied by confession of sins. You read 1 Samuel 7 and verse 6. People came and confessed. We have sinned, they said. Now let me tell you, we have a lot of sins. We don't see it. But when we are fasting and praying, God will give us some insight into all those sins that we do. Fasting also should be accompanied by mourning, a grieving And you read that, Ezra 10 and verse 6. Ezra fasted and wept for the unfaithfulness of Israel. There is a mourning, there is a grieving that we feel that we offended God. Fasting must be accompanied by humbling ourselves. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Let's see what David is saying about fasting Psalm 35 and verse 13 yet when they were ill notice this is vicarious fasting that's an interesting issue here that David is not fasting for himself but he is fasting for other people yet when they were ill I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting you know We should humble ourselves even though the other person is having trouble. We need to humble ourselves. 
and fast and pray that God may help that person and us. And humble myself with fasting. I went about mourning as though for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother and so on. And you read Ezra 8 and verse 21. And you notice Ezra. There you read they fasted, they humbled. Humbling. So fasting is not an end in itself. It is for a spiritual purpose. That we may humble. And I also said fasting can be done vicariously. In other words for other people's trouble. And we must fast. And you find this in Ezra 10 and verse 6. And Psalm 35. Fasting must be accompanied also by serious prayer. Read Ezra 8 and Psalm 35 and Acts 13. Fasting must be accompanied by worship. And you read that. There was a prophetess by name Anna in Luke chapter 2. Her habit was fasting was her habit for many, many, many years. She lived in the temple precinct. She worshipped and prayed and fasted for many, many, many years. And you read Isaiah 58. Fasting should be done in the context of loving God and loving God's people. Help the poor. Cover the naked. Practice justice and mercy. And so on. Now when we fast, we we pray for certain things. First, we notice that David did pray that God may heal his sick child. Yes, it was God's will not to heal. But I am saying it is absolutely proper for us to pray when there is sickness in the family. Number two, you fast and pray for revival. You see that in Ezra 10, Nehemiah chapter 1, and Daniel chapter 9. Oh God, the state of the church is pretty cold, and pretty freezing, pretty frozen. And, and people glory in their frozen condition. Oh God, have mercy upon the church. Pray for revival with fasting. You pray with fasting for guidance. Oh God, I don't know which way to go. To turn to the left or to the right, I do not know. I fast and pray. Oh God, help me. And God guides us the way we ought to go. And you see Acts chapter 13 and 14. The New Testament church engaged in the activity of prayer. Before they sent out missionaries. Yes. Should I marry this person or that person? Or should I marry this person at all? You better fast and pray and find out what God has to say. He guides us. Deliverance from enemies. Look at the book of Esther chapter 4. The enemies of God's people were trying to wipe out and destroy the Jewish people worldwide. And Mordecai 
And Esther and others fasted for 72 hours without eating or drinking. And God brought about a great deliverance. Or look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. A great army came to war against Jehoshaphat. He called for a fast and God delivered Israel. What about salvation of your loved ones? Don't you think that's a pretty good idea? That you get up in the morning and start praying for the salvation of your children. Salvation of your wife, salvation of your husband, salvation of your neighbor. Not only salvation of us, but salvation of the neighbors. And God heard the prayer. Now you may wonder how long should we fast? Well, you could start by skipping one meal. You could start fasting for a day. You could start fasting for a night. And you could start fasting for three days. The Bible speaks about three days. Seven days, 21 days, 40 days. But start with a very short period. Fast from food. Fast if God guides you from food and drink. And you see the Bible speaks about Moses fasting 40 days. Did not eat or drink. But let me tell you he was in the very presence of God. And and God sustained him. Paul in Acts chapter 9 fasted three days without eating or drinking. Esther and Mordecai and company. We see them fasting for 72 hours without eating or drinking. Or you could fast from food. It seems Jesus fasted from food for 40 days. And there is another fast. You find that in Daniel chapter 10. Fasting from rich food. That may be a good idea for all of us. Isn't that true? Fasting from rich foods. It is good also to fast from television, radio, papers, magazines. And if you are fasting, let me tell you, you are in good company. Moses fasted. David fasted. Daniel fasted. Jesus fasted. Anna the prophetess fasted. Paul fasted. Luther fasted. Calvin fasted. Wesley's fasted. Whitfield's fasted. Good company. You want to get started? Well, let me give you some counsel. Especially... The people who are who have problems, physical problems, you better consult with your doctor. That's very, very important before you do anything. People with diabetes, people with blood pressure, people with all kinds of problems. You should not get into fasting without medical advice. Second, there should be a list of objectives. We must pray for something. Beginning with our own needs. Oh God, I know I'm a sinner, but I don't know what type of sin I'm committing. (laughs) I'm oblivious to all these things. Our own needs you can pray for. You can pray for the need of the family. You can pray for the need of the church. We can pray for the need of the nation. You can pray for the needs of the world so that there is something that you are praying for. 
Thirdly, make sure that you persevere. Because we are not used to this business, you know. And therefore, there will be headache, a little discomfort, and all these things. And all of a sudden, you want to quit. Oh, no. Persevere. Number four, make sure you eat light before and after fast. Eating fruits and things like that rather than big steak. That's why I'm telling you. Drink fluids during fast. Water and juices and all that. During fast, repent, confess, pray, intercede. During fast, avoid showmanship. Look normal. Don't call attention to your fasting. And break fast gradually, as I already said. Now, you want to know some benefits? (laughs) Let me tell you some benefits. What do you think our problem is? We have plenty. We have abundance. We are a society that is indulged. Let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 21. And see what the Lord Jesus Christ himself is speaking. And he warns us. Luke 21 and verse 34. He says be careful. Speaking to the church. Be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation. Drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Dissipation. Surfeiting. Eating and drinking. More and more and more and more and more. Titus 1.12 speaks about Cretans. They are what? Gluttons. Do you know gluttony is a sin? Did you ever think about that? It is a sin. Which scripture prohibits and forbids. Turn with me to the uh, Philippians chapter 3. And uh, St. Paul tells us in the 19th verse. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Age of gluttony. Age of belly God. Eat and eat again. Eat in the middle of the night. Eat. And you watch movies or you watch television. It's always eating, see. Eating, eating. And have you noticed that you all of a sudden go to the kitchen? You wonder why. Not because you are hungry. So then, there are some benefits. First, fasting for spiritual purpose teaches us self-discipline. Jesus said, deny yourselves. In other words, say no to the demands of our flesh. Even legitimate demands. We are to say no to illegitimate demands of our flesh as well as what? Legitimate demands of our flesh. All these desires are demanding. And fasting enables us to have a discipline so that we can say no and make it stick. 
So fasting teaches us self-discipline to say no to illegitimate as well as certain legitimate demands of our body. And fasting trains us to say yes to God in terms of prayer and confession and doing what is right. Number two, fasting increases our understanding that we depend on God. All of a sudden, you are not eating. What happens? Boy, the pain and the trouble. You're going to die. That's right. So we need God to give us bread. Every day we depend on God. So that teaches us a little bit of humility. We understand something. We live and move and have our being in him. And we know that. Especially when we fast. Number three. When we fast there's more time to seek the kingdom of God. No cooking, no eating, no washing. A lot of time is released so that we can really engage in spiritual activities. Number four, fasting enables us to endure little suffering, to feel pain a little bit, that we can sympathize with others who are suffering. And the next point is fasting generates money that is not used. In the second century church used that money for the relief of the poor. Fasting next contributes to spiritual and mental alertness. You begin to see your mind is getting sharper. Your perception is sharper. Because we are focusing less on temporal things. And there's greater focus on eternal realities. We are not rushing. We are really thinking it through. The soul is more alert. Next, through fasting we are telling God that we are earnest in our prayer. Earnestness and urgency. Those who come to God must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I have this problem, I have that problem. Well, why don't you fast and pray? Let me ask you, how serious are you in getting deliverance? (laughs) Prove yourself by serious fasting and prayer and see whether God will help you. Show earnestness, urgency, diligence. Next, fasting and prayer, I already said, enables us for true self-examination. That we may find out our own sins. We are a generation steeped in self-esteem and stupidity and nonsense. We are a generation who don't like sin as a concept. We are always whitewashing ourselves. But when we fast and pray, God begins to show us greater and greater degree of our own corruption. And then we confess and forsake. But I believe 
We are a generation who needs to learn to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to say yes to the demands of the kingdom of God. We are a people who have a great need for self-control and discipline. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to do this act of righteousness also, that we may fast, abstain from things that are in itself legitimate, that we may seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness, that we may be a people strong, fit, disciplined, self-controlled, soldiers of Jesus Christ. For we pray in his name. Amen.